Foster here, and welcome to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I am the creator of the Big Brand Formula and president of Jerry Foster Branding, where we specialize in working with service-based entrepreneurs who want to create a big brand and a strong message that sells so you can excite, delight, and ignite your market and make it easier to get clients. So please stick around to the end of the show and we will share how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes or so. In the meantime, let's go. Hey there, it's Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as the Brandon Evangelist. And welcome to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. It is so great to have you here because I've got another amazing guest, Dr. Emily Levy. How are you, Dr. E? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm excited to be here. Oh, thank you so much. So should I call you Dr. Emily, Dr. E, Emily? What do you What do you prefer? Call me Emily. I'm pretty oh. casual. <laughs> so if you don't mind, Emily, please tell our audience about yourself and exactly what you do and what you specialize in. Absolutely. Well, I am the founder and director of EBL Coaching, which is a tutoring organization that specializes in providing one-on-one tutoring to students who have specialized learning needs. That includes students with dyslexia, ADHD, learning disabilities, and just kids who are struggling academically in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started with a very small office in New York City in downtown, and I have expanded to a large learning center in New York City, in New Jersey. We now provide tutoring services throughout uh, all of the areas surrounding New York and New Jersey and now really nationally and internationally using our virtual platform. Oh, my goodness. Well, God bless you for doing what you do. I I remember I branded a a woman, uh, oh, my God, almost 15 years ago or so. And her specialty was working with high school students who basically had been labeled as being stupid. And what, what we determined was that they had learning challenges like the ones you're talking about. So I have a great appreciation and fondness for what you do. Sure. And unfortunately, many years ago, that's how these kids were labeled. Now there's so much more awareness. There are so many more evaluators who can diagnose kids and, and adults properly. So it's a whole different world in that respect now. That's great to hear. Great to hear. So do you provide your services one-on-one or is it an after-school program exactly how do you work with these kids Sure. so it's it's all one-on-one tutoring okay. we do in-person sessions in the new york and new jersey area at our learning centers as well as at students homes and sometimes at schools and then using our virtual platform we're able to provide services like i said before really nationwide and worldwide oh my goodness so you're out there making a difference and making an impact boy that is awesome trying to do that. And I will say it is very rewarding being able to help so many kids and so many teenagers. So I'm curious, though, in terms of the challenges, the problems that that these kids are dealing with, what's the biggest one or there may be more than one that you saw for these kids? Well, I would say uh, an area that we really specialize in is dyslexia. We work with many kids who struggle with reading, who either have a a diagnosis of dyslexia or really struggle so much with the skill of reading. 
that's something we do a lot of work with, and we use wonderful research-based techniques, including a method called the Orton-Gillingham methodology to help these struggling learners build their reading skills. Oh, good for you. And is there a certain age range? Tell me about the demographics. Is it skewed towards a certain range in terms of age or certain ethnicity, nationality? Can you shed some light on that, please? Sure. It's, it's really widespread. We see kids as young as the preschool level, and we go all the way up through the adult level. In terms of diagnosing dyslexia, though, many evaluators really hesitate to diagnose kids before ages six or seven, just mm. because there's so much development that still happens before that age. So sometimes it's hard to really know if there's a real learning disability or not. But these kinds of learning disabilities affect kids of all races, all nationalities, certainly not pinpointed to any one group. And that's really interesting because I'm out here in Los Angeles and the LAUSD, the school district, is well known for not having some of the greatest high schools around, for sure. And so oftentimes, and, and, I've, and I've found this to be the case in certain high schools in certain districts across the U.S., there's a tendency to blame the schools or to blame the teachers and on and on and on because a lot of these schools... Unfortunately, particularly the ones that are in inner city areas, they lack the resources, right? They don't have the kind of funding and the access to help these, these kids. How do you overcome some of those issues? Because they've got sort of, um, they, they've got a tougher road ahead of them, right? Just because of, of where they live and the environment they're in. Sure. Well, I think that's a tricky question. And I think a lot of it does come down to, when possible, parents really being advocates for their children. So mm -hmm. if a parent is noticing that their child is struggling with their homework, struggling to read a book, they really should start by talking to their child's teacher to see if the teacher is noticing these challenges. Yeah. If the teacher is, they should ask about having their child evaluated. And every child is entitled to a free evaluation to see if maybe there is something deeper that's going on. Because unfortunately, I see this time and time again, that parents are not alerted to a challenge that the child is having until the end of the school year, or until the child is, is so deeply struggling that you they really have to pedal backwards at that point. So I think really advocating for their child and really trying to engage the teacher as much as possible makes such a big difference. Well, and you're so you're so right about that because dyslexia, oh my God, you have these situations where, to your point, the parents may be clueless as well as the educators about what's going on. So how do you ascertain exactly what is the area that's that's sort of hindering that child? Well, the only way to really know what might deeply be going on is to have a full evaluation done. Usually a neuropsychological evaluation is the most thorough, not always paid for by public schools, uh -huh. but public schools will do their own evaluations. But really a full neuropsychological evaluation will test the child's IQ, will look at any emotional challenges they may be having, and of course we will look into academics and what may or may not be an underlying cause for some of those issues that the child is having. And then once there is a diagnosis, that really opens the doors for getting the right support and the right help for the, the child really at school and also after school if need be. Yeah, because that's interesting because to that point, it doesn't matter if that kid is in a charter school or a private school, whatever school, 
if they've got these kind of internal issues going on, it doesn't really matter where they are, correct? In terms exactly. of the ability to, to, to shine. Exactly. Now, some kids have such severe and profound, profound learning disabilities that they ultimately need to be in a specialized school. But yeah. you're right. They can be in any school and face these challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as you know, this is a big branding podcast. It's all about setting yourself apart and letting people know that differentiate yourself, because I don't need to tell you this. There's a whole lot of folks out there, a lot of experts like yourself who say they can do the same thing that you do. Sure. Well, I think that there are many different tutoring agencies out there. There's a lot of test prep support. There's a lot of homework help. I think what really differentiates us is that, number one, we specialize in working with kids who are struggling learners, including, like I said before, students who have ADHD, learning disabilities, dyslexia. That's really our niche area. It's our area of, of expertise. And we also use the right combination of research-based multi-sensory techniques that are most appropriate for each student. So we really pull from about 22 different research-based techniques, depending on what's right for each student, rather than following, say, one cookie-cutter approach that may or may not work for every student. So we're really highly specialized, highly individualized, and very much catered to the needs of those struggling learners. Now, see, I like that because in branding, we call that your secret sauce. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the way that you go about solving problems, meeting challenges, delivering outcomes and value in a way that no one else can, that is uniquely yours, that makes you one of a kind, because that's what's so important today from a branding standpoint. And it sounds like you're on the right path with that in terms of what you just said, as far as how you put that special recipe together, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And maybe yeah. I shouldn't have given that away, but no, that is the no. secret sauce. It doesn't matter because unless you have a twin, nobody can do it like you, Emily. Right? I'd like to think that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, no one thinks like you. No one follows up like you. No one solves like you. No one diagnoses like you. So from a branding standpoint, you're good to go because that's because a lot of times People think, oh, well, someone else can come along who maybe has the same kind of training or the same kind of certifications or the same kind of education and so on and so forth. But wait a minute, unless you have a twin, there's only one you. So I think you're good to go. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, let's talk about the schools and, and even the parents from this standpoint. In light of these challenges that you help these parents and these educators overcome, what have you found to be... Uh, the thing that so many parents or even the school districts are wasting time and money on, where their focus is over here and it should be over there. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that um, a lot of times kids who are having difficulty with learning are not receiving the right support, meaning teachers might not be trained in the right methodologies to help kids who either have dyslexia or struggling with reading. And as a result, the kids are almost being pushed forward without mm. receiving the right support. And I think that's part of why having the right diagnosis early on is so important so that ultimately the child can receive the right support rather than random methods and random approaches sort of being thrown at them. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I mean, one of the things that really bugs me is, and I'll just take here in Los Angeles, in the public school district, you've got some kids who are in high schools, let's say in some of the inner city areas, and they're in the 11th grade with a third grade reading level. Yes. And it makes you wonder, how in the world did you get to the 11th grade where your reading level is at third or the fifth grade? I mean, that's just ridiculous. 
It's sad, and, and unfortunately, I see that all the time too. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I mean, that's. I mean, that's. And let's talk about that because I see you as a savior, and I really want to acknowledge you for who you are and the difference you're making and what you're bringing to the table because someone's got to address this. Because back in the day when I was growing up, this never, this never occurred. I mean, if you were, if you were um, in the third or the fourth or the fifth grade and you were not progressing in terms of your reading skills, let's put math aside for a second, okay? Then you weren't graduating. I mean, it wasn't called graduating. You weren't, what's it called? Elevating to the next, to the next grade. I mean, you, you had, you stayed stuck right there. I mean, but now they, okay, let's go ahead and, you know. Keep, keep 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 progressing. We gotta we gotta keep the pipeline flowing. I mean that's just so sad. Mm. So tell us about who you serve, in terms of yeah, because we got we've got people tuning in right now and they're they're loving what they're hearing from you. So do you do you do you have a certain profile of hey Jerry, this is who I want to help, or this is who we specialize in, or these are the types of of schools? What do you, go ahead and share whatever you want to say about that. Sure. Well, I would say that we really specialize in helping any child as young as the preschool level up through grade 12, even beyond that, who are having any difficulties with an academic skill or a set of skills, okay. reading, writing, math, study skills, whether they have a diagnosis or not, those are the kinds of students that we specialize in helping. That's nice. Reading, math, or study skills. Oh, my goodness. Writing is a big one, too. Oh, my God. And just the whole idea of knowing how to think, right? I mean, because because if, if things are kind of mixed together in their head, how can they think clearly enough to be able to solve or calculate or whatever that might be? And that's one of the things I love about what you've been saying, because you have a special approach for that which is second to none. Oh my God, that's great. So tell us about one of your most uh, proud moments, one of your success stories in terms of perhaps one of the kids that you worked with or how the parents felt. What, what's what's a particular success story that you're most proud of that you'd be willing to share with our viewers and listeners today? Sure, well, I'm gonna age myself here. However, <laughs> one of my very first students that I worked with myself, I don't personally do the tutoring anymore, but I used to. One of my first students was a boy who was in kindergarten and he used to come to my little apartment in New York City in Union Square. He had severe ADHD and severe dyslexia and literally was bouncing off the walls. But I used the Orton-Gillingham method with him, which is a specialized technique for helping kids with dyslexia. I worked with him for many years. Oh. And just recently, his mother reached out to me and let me know that not only did, you, did he graduate college, but he went to graduate school and is now working as an engineer. And it was just music to my ears hearing oh. that maybe the work that I did with him had some effect on his success today. But it was just so wonderful to hear such a great success story. And I will add, it was probably more than some effect because it started with you. You you lit that fuse, okay? And and, and we haven't we haven't even talked about the emotional impact of what you do, because for, just from that one story, you probably instilled in that young man hope and him feeling more confident in himself. Himself, you ignited his passion. 
you you helped this young kid see that there was a future that he had dreams that he could move towards so so the difference that you make is superb and i just want to acknowledge you for that thank you i appreciate that oh no oh absolutely you're right i mean that's a big part of what I try to do and what we try to do as an organization is really to empower kids and to show them their progress and build their confidence to help them feel like, yes, they can be successful in school because so many of them has have had so much negativity and such low self-esteem up until the point that we start to work with them. My goodness. So share with us your story, your journey. How did you, how did you end up doing this? Tell us a, a little bit about yourself. I actually have kind of an interesting story with how I got into this. So I actually grew up in the field of education. My mother was the founder of a school for kids with learning disabilities in South Florida, which is where I grew up. So I spent so much of my childhood working at her schools, really being trained in different methods, helping teachers. But I felt that I wanted to carve my own path and do my own thing that was unrelated to my mother. So I went to Brown for my undergraduate. And then after college, I decided I wanted to try out finance. So I did investment banking for a year at Lehman Brothers, which you probably know no longer exists. And then I did uh, wealth management for one year at another company and pretty quickly realized that finance wasn't for me. I didn't personally find it rewarding. I did, however, learn so much about being comfortable with numbers and working with spreadsheets and so many analytical skills that I actually still use today in running a business. Um, But when I was in my second finance job, which was pretty much an 8.30 to 5 p.m. workday, I started to tutor kids after school who had learning disabilities during my evening hours. So I was running around Manhattan in the evening hours and all day Sunday, working with kids who had dyslexia and other learning disabilities and I found so much passion in that and so much, such a rewarding feeling being able to help these kids. So I ended up leaving my job in finance and then just very slowly and organically started to grow my tutoring business. I first started to film my own day by working with kids at schools and after schools. And then when my time maxed out, I very slowly, again, organically just started to bring other tutors on board who specialize in different skills. And then I gradually moved to a bigger office and then a bigger office than that. And then into our larger learning center uh, on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. So and then and then eventually opened a a second office in New Jersey and then expanded outside of Manhattan and now virtually internationally. Oh, my goodness. So how big is your organization? How many, quote unquote, tutors do you have underneath you? Yeah, so we have about 90 tutors. Wow. And they each specialize in different skill areas and different age levels. Mm-hmm. Are they freelancers or are they considered employees? How, what's the structure? They are freelancers. And then, of course, we have a staff of employees who do behind the scenes work, but the tutors themselves are freelancers. Okay. And who's responsible for bringing in the clients, you or them? Um, well, the clients will usually find out about us and it all kind of is channeled through our organization and then they provide the tutoring services. Okay. Okay. All right. So the clients sort of find out about you through their own online searches or whatever. Or referrals. Exactly. Or referrals. That's great. That's great. Oh, I love a great American entrepreneurial story like that. (laughs) 
And yeah. I always like to say, you know, my mother was an entrepreneur in the field of education. And in a way, we both have this unique skill set of having a strong background in education, but also strong business sense. And that's sort of this unique combination that I found that not many people necessarily have. Oh my God. I mean, you're, you're a rock star. I mean, you're Brown University, you're Wall Street investment banking. I mean, come on. I mean, you're being modest, but I get it. Okay. Well, thank you. I'm, I appreciate I'm a that. USC grad. I mean, you know, thank you. We're trying to, we're trying to get better in football. No, I'm just kidding. I should say that. Hey, USC. That's, a, that's important too. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we had the cheating the, with the uh, cheating scandal several years ago when all these parents wanted to get their kids into SC because we're an elite university like Brown, right? But my mom wanted me to go to an Ivy League school and Brown was on a list. And I said, no, I'm, I'm going to Los Angeles because <laughs> I'm from Michigan. You blame me for that. Good, better weather there, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. And that's one of the reasons I've stayed here, by the way, is the weather. I know it sounds shallow to people, but my goodness. But I haven't quite figured out what L.A. has to offer because we have no style, no sophistication. I miss all of that culture that you find on the East Coast. But we've got beaches in Hollywood, I guess. I don't know. There you go. It counts. (laughs) Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Because there are people who are probably tuning in right now. And what's coming up for me is perhaps you can speak to that parent and or that educator where there may be certain symptoms, for lack of a better word, that are going, let's say, um, they're they're not being recognized or perhaps they're being misinterpreted and they don't really understand what's going on. What, What can you say to those folks out there where you can give them a little bit of guidance and shed some light on exactly if they should be looking for someone like yourself to do the proper diagnosis. Sure, well, what I will say is that parents should really keep an eye out on how their child is doing in school. Are they having any trouble sounding out words when learning to read? When they're a little bit older, are they having trouble reading for understanding and pulling out the main idea, making inferences? With math, are they having trouble with their basic math facts or with solving math word problems? With writing, are they really struggling to get started or to organize their thoughts on paper when writing? And I think some parents wait and they see if maybe it'll improve with time. But unfortunately, too often I see that when parents wait, it I wouldn't say it's too late, but we then have to take a giant step backwards to rebuilding those foundations. So I would really encourage parents to take action if they are noticing a struggle to really try to identify what may or may not be going on and to really try to intervene and either they themselves or someone else like a tutor have them come in and really work on building those skills. Yeah. And the right tutor. That's the key. Absolutely. The right tutor should not be a generic tutor or a student. It really should be someone who specializes in what their child needs help with. Exactly. Because it's like a a medical condition from the standpoint of a misdiagnosis and you're going down the wrong path. So someone like you. So that's great. So tell everyone who's tuning in, who may be saying to themselves, oh my God, I love everything that Dr. Emily is saying, how can they get in touch with you? How can they find out more about you? What's your URL or your socials? Tell us about that. Sure. The best place to find more information about us is our website, which is www.eblcoaching.com. 
And we also have um, social media handles on Facebook, EBL Coaching, Instagram, EBL Coaching. And then I also have a link, LinkedIn profile as well. All right. EBLcoaching.com. Outstanding. Is there any last thing you would like to say to those tuning in? Maybe you have a certain thought or philosophy, or is there anything that you would like to leave people with who you have literally touched their heart or perhaps even struck a nerve with this interview? Well, I would say that having dyslexia, ADHD, or a learning disability really is a gift. There's so many amazing leaders in this country, in this world, who have these challenges, who have not only been successful in life, but have made it to the top. And this should not be something that should hold anyone back. There's so many positive attributes. It's just about building on some of those areas of weakness to help them reach those high goals. Well, bravo, bravo, bravo. Well said. My goodness. Whew, man. The world is better off because of folks like you. I'll tell you that. Thank you so much. And, uh, man, you uh, you are truly making a difference and a contribution. And what you do matters for sure. So thank you again. So to all of our listeners and viewers and those of you who tune in today, check out Dr. Emily. Go to the website. Check her out on social media because if someone in your family or perhaps someone you know could be a relative, a friend, a colleague, who knows, whereby they have a child who has the symptoms, some of the challenges that Emily just laid out. Don't wait. Find out what's going on. And to her last point, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's nothing to feel embarrassed about because some of the greatest leaders in this country, if not around the world, are folks who have this same quote unquote challenge or condition, whatever word you want to use, but they have found a way to elevate in their life. So Emily, thank you again for being here. You're a rock star. Like I said, you're the best. Thank you for the kind words. And it's been such a pleasure. All right. And so to our listeners and viewers, until next time, this is Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as the Brandon Evangelist, signing off. Take care. Jerry Foster here. Thank you so much for listening to my Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. Now, if you, if you are a successful service-based entrepreneur yourself and you've got amazing expertise, I mean services, skills, talents, and abilities that you offer through your company or yourself, and you've been in business for five, 10 years or more, and you would like to be a guest on this program, I would love to have you. Simply visit jerryfosterbranding.com forward slash brand forward leadership forward slash apply and I will certainly check you out and get to know you and so on and so forth. Now, let me just add a couple of other things. Number one, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media for me? And if so, just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials, okay? And number two, if you know someone that you feel would be a great guest, someone that I should meet and connect with and so on and so forth, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag BrandfordLeadership because I love seeing your posts. I love guest suggestions. That's how we all grow. That's how we all connect 
and make it through this world which are through our relationships and our connections. And lastly, let me throw this in. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. I'm always on the lookout for not only great guests, but great content. And so therefore, because we're always putting great new stuff out, juicy stuff, make sure you don't miss any episodes in the future. So please go ahead and subscribe. And I also love what? I love support. I love love. (laughs) So your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. So if you can find it in your heart to go ahead and show me that kind of support and love, I would really appreciate it. And on a second note, if you would like to know more about me, the work that I do, simply go to my website at jerryfosterbranding.com or follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook at Jerry Foster Branding or Instagram at Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Okay? Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Again, thanks for listening. Until we see you the next time, take care.